0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 38.
1: So Brooke, early last year I attended a conference and one of the speakers there was a real contrarian. So everything you said to him he challenged it he kind of made you back up what you were saying and I can tell you that this was really annoying <laughs> um, but what it did was show me just how much of the stuff I knew and when I when I say knew that's in inverted commas how much of the stuff that I knew was actually based on assumptions so it was based on theories that I had not actually tested and um since leaving that conference so this was kind of early last year 2015 every opportunity I've had to kind of challenge an assumption of my own I've taken it and I've actually been quite shocked at just how much of the stuff I thought I knew was wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I guess my question for you to start off is have you ever kind of come across one of those contrarian types have you found them annoying like me and what do you think that says Hmm,
0: I have definitely come across a few contrarian types and (laughs) have definitely found them annoying but to be fair that says way more about me than it does about them because I think I mean look I I think it, it can be annoying when someone's being contrary like contrary just for the hell of it yeah You know, like someone who's just, well, why do you think that? That's, you know, tell me why that's true. Like that doesn't make for interesting conversation. You know, I think you can challenge people's ideas and assumptions without being a jerk. (laughs) So I think I've come across both types, the people who I'm quite pleased to be challenged by and the people who I think are just maybe doing it for other reasons, I don't just, know.
1: just to be an idiot as opposed exactly. to genuinely going, well, why is it, do you think that, like, what have you got to back that up?
0: Yeah, which I think as a kid, I wasn't, it wasn't ever really encouraged, it wasn't actively discouraged, but it wasn't really encouraged for me to question people and their motives and their mm. beliefs. In fact, it was kind of quite impolite to do that, I think, and I, I feel like that's partly just a generational thing, because there's a lot of people sort of our age who feel the same way, you know, asking questions, it just boldly asking why it was something that you did that annoyed people. You know, so for me, it's taken a bit of time, I guess, to get used to the idea that there is nothing rude about being curious. And that was part of the reason, I think, why the questioner was always so... Irritating is the wrong word. <laughs> uh, ab- abrasive, maybe, to, to just me and my own little pocket, like the little box that I'd put myself in in life. But I think that the more I meet people like that and the more I allow myself to be open to the questions that they're asking, undoubtedly the broader my life is and the, the wider and deeper my, my world feels, and that's only a good thing. So yeah. I'm really glad for people like that, maybe not in the moment, but, you know, I, I can think of really specific conversations that I've had in my past where, you know, I, I had a belief or I had a, an assumption that I could have sworn was right and the other person was mistaken. And over time someone has gently maybe informed me of different things or different perspectives or different facts that I just either didn't know about or didn't care about. And my opinion has changed completely on, on those things and I'm glad for that. None of those changes have been bad, you know, and I think yeah. that people who force us to question our assumptions or situations that force us to question our assumptions are challenging but ultimately beneficial.
1: Yeah, ultimately quite necessary, aren't they? I, um, yes. So I had the, a friend of mine who, who's no longer with us. So he was a lawyer, so you can imagine. <laughs> and so it was like every conversation I had with him, like if I stated an opinion... He kind of challenged me to back it up. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I just want to have my opinion and yeah. not have to tell you where it comes from. You weren't
0: stating it as fact. Yeah, like There's a difference between fact and opinion and you're aware of that.
1: Definitely. But interestingly, I look back on that and kind of what he got me to stop doing, because I think what I used to do was state opinion as if it was fact. right. And that was something I was quite big on. Um, and I kind of what he got me out of doing was doing that. So, yeah, I stopped stating opinion as fact, but that didn't stop me making assumptions and and basing a lot of my beliefs and behavior on those assumptions. And so then this, when we went to this conference last year and we, we came across um, James, who was the one who was, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah we sat down for a mastermind <laughs> with him and he just like was firing off all these questions at us about like our business and how we did things and why we did things and and you know and he's just he'd be like you know what's your most expensive product and how much does it cost you produce that and da-da-da. and you know how many hours does it take and why do you, you know why does it need to take so many hours and what are you doing and you know and it's things like you know aunt would go like well, oh, i have to have a meeting with the client da-da-da. and he's like why do you have to have a meeting with the client and it's like well because you do <laughs> um, that was all he had to offer was just like well because you have to and it was just a really interesting process to go through and to because in the moment of being challenged like that you're just like what do you know like of course this is how things have to be done this is it's just how it's done and it's only you know it's only usually after the fact isn't it when you've been challenged in that way that you're able to kind of go away and probably self-awareness comes into this, self-reflect a bit and go, ah, you know what? He's actually right. Like we've never actually tested that assumption. Mm -hmm. Do we have to have meetings? Could we do this over the phone or over Skype? And we have since tested that assumption and kind of come to the conclusion that yes, the in-person meeting is a really, really kind of important thing for the particular client that we service, like if we were servicing, I guess a lower price point client then no we wouldn't have to but where we are at in our business we do yeah but we did test that theory just to make sure that we weren't just doing something because we'd always done it we were doing it for good reason and we've since gone on to test a lot of other things in our business and then i personally have gone on to test a lot of things in my own life so every time i catch myself going i won't do that because in that i'm predicting other people's behavior that's when i kind of force myself to go okay you can't you're just making an assumption there. you're assuming they're going to respond in this way you're assuming they're going to behave like this just do it you know ask mm. the thing that you want to ask or put the thing out there that you want to put out there and of course i've lost count now of how many times i've been proven wrong in my assumption <laughs> And that, yeah, it's interesting
0: going back to what you said about your reaction to this speaker, you know, who was constantly questioning everything that you had to say. like, Well, why? Why do you say that? You know, do you have proof of that? I think it is our initially we almost always will respond defensively because no one likes to think that, oh, man, I've just like, literally been wasting my time on this thing or yeah. I'm completely wrong on this thing. And interesting for that, that person as well to come into that room and that was obviously a really intentional hmm. choice for him to throw those questions at people, knowing it's <laughs> probably not going to win friends. You know, like it's a really intentional care- thing.
1: I don't think he cares about friends. <laughs>
0: That's it, yeah. But he probably didn't because he knew that this is not this is not necessarily how you make friends, <laughs> you know, making people defensive and perhaps like a little pissed off at, at some of the decisions that they've made. But it comes after the fact and it comes after the after a bit of time maybe where you, you get to marinate in your brain all these ideas and, and realise and reflect, like you said, on the things that you're doing and the reasons that you do them or the reasons that you don't do them or the reasons that you believe certain things will or won't work. And like for me personally, this year has been massive for both actually, both having my assumptions called out by people and also turning my assumptions on their head and opening myself up completely to things that I would never have tried before. So as part of the Slow Home podcast, Ben and I have been doing monthly experiments in different areas of slowing down. And one of them specifically was meditation. And I was always kind of quite open to the idea of meditation, providing meditation was this thing that fit in this meditation-shaped box of sitting quietly and breathing and focusing on, you know, clearing my mind or or not engaging with my thoughts. And that was great. And that's what I did for the first couple of weeks. I'm like, this is meditation. It is working. But then people started saying things like, well, why don't you try this kind of meditation or this kind of meditation? Why don't you do this chakra cleansing meditation? That doesn't work. That's not a thing that I'm going to do. I'm not that kind of person. And I found myself really quite aware of the fact that I was shutting this whole thing down just because I wasn't that kind of person, you know, the person, the kind of person who cleanses my (laughs) (laughs) shackles. And I'm like, Brooke, shut up. Just try it and try it with an open Mm. mind. That's all. It might not work. It might be what you are assuming, but you have no idea. And I'm, I'm going to put this out there because it doesn't necessarily seem like something that I would do, but I did it and it was amazing and I have continued the practice since. And to the point where I'm now doing all of this kind of emotional and mental and physical work with yoga and meditation and stuff and the benefits have been beyond anything that I could possibly have imagined, but they were never open to me until like March, May this year because I was never open to them you know someone could have said why don't you try it and I'm like yeah I'll try it and do this half-hearted attempt and you Well it didn't work because you know nothing you're not going to engage with something necessarily if you're close to it like it needs to be pretty powerful to get through that barrier if you're not at all open to it but it was it's been amazing to me to see you know not and not only that I think really the value of it was more in the recognizing the fact that I was closed mm, to things yeah, and learning to question
1: yeah. Now I, I love that. I love challenging identity-based assumptions because I think that those things have such a huge influence on us and we don't even realize it. So it's the thing. It's the words we use to describe ourselves. They just dictate so much of our behavior. And actually, I wrote about this just this week. In um, I have a weekly editorial column for Flying Solo, and I wrote about how. I kind of use this identity based stuff to get myself to do things I don't really wanna do. So, you know, I don't wanna get out of bed in the morning and exercise. And I just, and so I say that, and the way I get around that is I go, Kelly, you're the kind of person who gets up in the morning and exercises, so get up. (laughs) You know, I don't wanna take the stairs, I'm just gonna hop in the escalator. And I go, no, Kelly, you're the kind of person that takes the stairs, that's who you are. And they're kind of positive, assumptions or identity-based things that we yeah. make about ourselves. But we have so many negative oh. yeah, negative, yes. ones that have this powerful, powerful influence upon us. And I think that a large part of why challenging assumptions makes us really, really uncomfortable is it does kind of force us to self-reflect. And then when we self-reflect and kind of find out that we're wrong – that's really uncomfortable like i don't i don't like being yeah. wrong and i particularly don't like being wrong about who i am as a person and how you know what i base my identity on so i guess yeah because one of the things i wanted to talk about was why does having assumptions challenged make us so uncomfortable and i think it's because a lot of our identity is tied up in all of the assumptions that we make. Yeah, and that
0: it, it, that's really closely related, I guess, to the stories that we tell mm. ourselves about ourselves, you know, because we are that kind of person or that's just how we are or that's just what I think and that's, you know, I don't need to tell <laughs> <Yeah>. why.
1: <laughs> it's just who goodness. I am and that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, which, you know what, is a fine and valid answer if someone is questioning you don't want to answer them but I think it's not necessarily a fine and valid answer if the questioning is coming from you yourself you know I think that as an adult we can kind of afford to to be uncomfortable sometimes and question why we think the way we think and where those those assumptions have come from and whether we can actually stand by and own them Mm. you know stand up and own them do they really fit in with our values you know and I think that so often we just either adopt them from how we've been brought up or some of the, you know, the societal norms that we're, we grow up with and there's not a huge amount of questioning of those things and it's often when maybe there's a, like an, a current event or something, you know, something horrible happens or it's really drawn into stark relief that there, this is an issue and this is why and where do you stand on it that we start to feel kind of uncomfortable about where we where we yeah. actually fall on on a particular topic and i think that that's why it's amazing and, and awesome for people to to share their opinions particularly i said opinions and i think that i'm probably in facts <laughs> <Awkward>. <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean like i think it's it's just self questioning can only be a good thing to a certain point you know and particularly when it comes to just questioning our assumptions. I
1: think also when other people challenge our assumptions I think this is a really big life skill to learn because it can only stand you in good stead is learning to not react defensively because that just shuts down because so I look at where we've kind of got to with this is, you know, challenging assumptions allows such great personal growth in our in our own selves. And so, you know, you and I were talking, I think, a couple episodes ago about comfort zones and expanding our comfort zones and how every time we push to the we push outside that comfort zone a little bit we actually expand the size of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I I see challenging assumptions as kind of quite tied in with that is the growth that comes with that comfort zone also comes within ourselves. And I think it's very easy to get annoyed at having these people in our lives who do kind of challenge us and do So for me, like this is Ant for me, this is my life partner, I've been with him for 21 years. And I've kind of, Always gotten a bit frustrated at him at challenging assumptions but if I look at the how much I have grown as a person in the 21 years that we have been together mm-hmm. just by having this person in my every single day life who is pushing me to to kind of just I mean he calls me Captain Justify because he <laughs> you know <laughs> he'll challenge something. And then I'll justify it. And he'll go, oh, there's Captain Justify again. And then I'll get really angry and go, shut up. But then, you know, when I go away, I kind of go, oh, yeah, he was right. Like, so that was my defensiveness coming out, justifying this thing that he was challenging. But he is right. And you're just getting these little shifts in thinking all the time. And I kind of almost shudder to think who I would be if I didn't have that person in my life who was constantly challenging me. And I guess... I kind of see there are you know there are people I know who have clearly don't have this person in their life because they're quite locked in in everything that they think and they just don't have the capacity to think in an open way and I think that that is really mm. key is that when your assumptions are challenged and you slowly slowly learn to react to those challenges in slightly less defensive way all the time. The way that your mind opens up and the way that your capacity for growth increases is just a really powerful thing. And I wish kind of everybody had that person in their life, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I, I, it makes perfect sense. And I wish absolutely everyone had that. But I also think that some people, for whatever reason, I have no idea what this reason might be, just don't have the either the capacity at all <laughs> Or the interest <laughs> at all to consider shifting their assumptions. You know, like I see it all the time with like mm. political <laughs> arguments, or you know, and which I'm not get, like I'm not getting into the specifics of it, but I see people wanting to either engage in a conversation about it or ask why you know why someone thinks a certain thing, or why someone believes a certain you know truth quote unquote truth, or why someone's voting for a certain person. And I mean, and I think in that specific instance, people are just like, well, this is what I'm doing and this is where I am. But even when you're talking about maybe a more broad social issue, there's, there's people who just don't want to know. And I wonder if that's because they don't want to know what they don't know because it might, and probably mm. not consciously, but because it might, it might challenge their assumptions or their beliefs or because they just genuinely don't care for whatever anyone else is, is saying. And I think it's... Yeah, I have no idea, you know, why that is for, for some people and some issues, but I think it, it's really challenging if you come across someone like that who's as, almost as contrary as the contrarian yeah. who's asking questions. Like they're just as just as stubborn in their lack of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's and just they're just
1: this. a lack of openness to thinking in a different way to them so this is the thing like I don't have to agree with what you think about a certain topic to learn about you and I think that's what yes. I love most about you know those conversations where people are able to engage at that level I think they're the best conversations ever because like I said yeah we don't have to be in agreement about what's being said or thought but just by hearing each other's, you know, okay, if you think like that, why do you Why do you think capitalism is the best kind of whatever it is or why do you think socialism is? And, you know, you have that conversation. I don't have to agree that you think the way that you do, but I can learn a lot about a lot of stuff just by hearing your opinion on it and I get to, I just get to expand my thinking about stuff. Yeah, it's
0: not even necessarily a change of opinion, is it? Or, no. you know, a change in... in your belief, but an expansion of the way you think and maybe an, an empathy or a, a, a way... A, a, yes. You can be compassionate and empathetic. We, we don't necessarily need to change your mind on whatever issue you're talking about, but you can understand, you know, where, where the other person is coming from. And maybe that's the difference. You know, you see, let's say, <laughs> uh, if you happen to stumble across a discussion online... Where people are genuinely having an open dialogue. Like they can be on two different sides of the same fence and they're not going to agree. But you can see people stating their position and their reasons and the other people saying, Okay, I understand that. This is why I think that the opposite is true. Yeah, like, and that's an exchange of ideas. Then you see people just yelling at each other. Yeah. And not at all.
1: And engaging. getting personal and going, yeah. you know, okay, you think this you're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, when I you know, when you stumble across those very rare conversation yes, online where people are engaging in a respectful manner and disagreeing in a polite, you know, going, yeah, I disagree with you, and it's this is why I'm not, you know, and I'm not, I'm playing your opinion and your thoughts and not you as a person. I just. I just love them. I've, I learn so so much about them. And as you say, what comes out of that is empathy. So I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to like what you're saying, but the appeal- ability to empathize and understand with your position just makes everything better. And this is, mm. yeah, now this is going to be my INFJ idealist coming coming out. But that's my, that's my dream for the world that we're able to drop these barriers that we have and that assumptions do create and just engage in a really respectful manner with each other's thoughts and feelings and, you know, and have these kind of conversations more often than not. But unfortunately, that's just not what happens. It makes no. me sad. <laughs> I know, and
0: it's, it's fear, it's, you know, it's us versus them, it's a whole, like, anger, it's a whole host of reasons, I think. But I like what you just said. I think it, it really kind of sums it up beautifully. You said assumptions create barriers. You're very wise, Kelly, they do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag letitbepod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm, and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. Finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful and, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.